Welcome to the Beautiful Souls Podcast with your host, myself, Danielle Cadwell. I'm an Olympian author, speaker, and coach, and I'm here to dive deeper into all things mindset, manifestation, mission, and yes, some meditation. In 2013, I was an unfit, concussed, and massively self-conscious synchronized swimmer when an opportunity arrived that was well beyond my wildest dreams to begin training for the next Olympic Games. I was terrified. However, I decided to take the biggest leap of my life. I went all in, moving from Canada to Australia and dedicating my life to my sport. On this journey, I made a vow to myself. If I could do it, if I could really make my wildest dreams come true, I would spend the rest of my life sharing what I had learned to help others do the same. So beautiful souls, this podcast is where I fulfill my promise. We'll talk about everything from the energetics of manifestation and the power of self-worth to mindset cultivation and how to step up and into your soul mission. You can think of this time together as kind of like a soul spa, where together we will wash away your fears, massage you with some truth and some love, and spruce you up on the insides with some spirituality. So, are you ready to be rejuvenated from the inside out? Let's dive in. Hello, sexy sunshine souls. I am so excited to have you here on the podcast today because we are going into something that I've had people been asking me for for a while now. Danielle, how do I manifest love? How do I manifest my soulmate, right? And I have found the best of the best for you. Well, she kind of dropped into my field as it works. Um, Miss Emmy Hernandez, who I have interviewed today, who you guys are going to love. So let me just tell you a little bit about her. Emmy Hernandez is an executive level love and relationship coach, international speaker, workshop facilitator, and author. After starting her consulting career in San Francisco, the tech world, providing services for companies like Lyft and Microsoft, she noticed a longing from women and couples who wanted to co-create epic, passionate, and fulfilling romantic partnerships, but did not know how to do it. This served as the catalyst for Emmy's private practice, which she successfully grew to six figures, uh, revenue within nine months without even a website, and subsequently breached 200K just five months after that. Emmy is the author author and the host of her column, Ask Emmy Anything, and is dedicated to answering your questions about love, soulmates, romantic myths. She is fluent in both English and Spanish. Emmy speaks at conferences, organizations, businesses, and universities around the world. Emmy has graduated from UC Berkeley with a degree in communications and is a certified NLP practitioner super conscious recoder and male versus female brain communications. And as Emmy shared with me as well, she actually has a reality show coming out with her being the star next year. So keep your eyes peeled for that because she is the expert. And we go into everything today from what is the actual thing that I need to do, Danielle and Emmy, to manifest my love, to manifest this epic, beautiful relationship. And as well, if you're in a relationship, relationship how to make it flourish, how to really balance those masculine and feminine energies, the king and the queen energy, how to make the most out of the relationship that you have. Because yes, you can manifest your soulmate, but it still is work from that side. And as well, the question that I have gotten a lot is like, how do I know if this person is my soulmate or if they're kind of like a test from the universe? So we go into that as well. I know you guys will 
absolutely freaking love this podcast. It is powerful. It is potent. And I ask all the questions that I know that you are dying to hear below. You guys can find Emmy's um, details. If you want to go follow her on Instagram or her website, or you want to work with her. And if this podcast episode has resonated with you, please share it and tag me and both of us and let us know your feedback. What has helped you? What has inspired you? So I want you to take your time, take a deep breath, sit down, go for a walk, go for a drive, and really allow yourself to absorb all of this in because this is an amazing episode. May you enjoy. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Beautiful Souls podcast. I am so excited to have you all to here today because we have an incredible guest, which I'm so excited to have on, who is Emmy Hernandez, and she is a love and relationship coach. And I know I've had I have so many people that ask me about manifesting love, like how do I get this person to love me, or am I in the right relationship, and all that stuff. And I always can give my advice, but I'm not a specific love and relationship coach. And I'm so excited to have Emmy on here today and dive into manifesting love and relationships and all of this, because this is your niche. So thank you for being here, Emmy. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. I am an honored to be here and super excited to get into the nitty gritty of this, because this is my jam. This is Uh, my baby. (laughs) Exactly. And it needs to be spoken about more as well. So I'd love for you to share like kind of what your backstory is of how, you know, pre being the beautiful love and relationship coach that you are now, what kind of led you to this point where you wanted to teach people and help people bring forward their soulmates and their loves and have good relationships. Yes. So as, as any good story has a lot of ups and downs, I'm going to try to give you just the highlights. Oh, we love all of it. So you can, you you share whatever you want to share. Perfect. I love it. So I, I come from a very traditional Catholic Mexican household. I'm the first person in my family to have been born in the U S and it comes with, and I bring that up because a lot of immigrant stories are not spoken about enough. And it has a lot to do with how I grew up. So my parents grew up in a very small rural town in Mexico, and I was born and raised in Los Angeles, still with small town beliefs. But now this is little girl in the big, big world, right? LA Mm -hmm. is not a tiny town. So I grew up basically being the black sheep of the family because I was really good in school. My parents didn't finish elementary school. They literally barely graduated from third grade. So here I am, you know, 4.0 student ends up getting a scholarship, full ride scholarship to UC Berkeley. And I end up leaving to go to school. But here's the thing. I actually ran away to go to school. I forged my mom's signature because I was still underage. I was 17 when I got accepted and I went off to college and it was the biggest blow to the family at the time because I wasn't, I was unwed. I was not married. How was I supposed to leave the home? So it was this big fight with my family to just leave. And basically everyone in Mexico and all of my mom's aunts and brothers thought that I was a prostitute uh, heading off. Wow. I was, I was a prostitute virgin. Okay. I was, I, I had not had any sexual relations at the time, yeah. but that's, that's sort of where I started. So I bring that up because there was a lot of, I grew up with a lot of shame around sex and even thinking about it and the taboo around that and the Catholic religion. So then Emmy went off to college 
And I met a wonderful man. He was many years older than me, already had his master's degree. And we got into a relationship. But to be honest, we it was really freaking boring. We I learned a lot from him. We were together for three years. But we basically were an old married couple. After about a year, we acted like we were in our 70s. No, There's no passion there, no real sexy energy. We're just kind of like, mm. meh. Fast forward from that, I broke up with him and then went off and decided to have a lot of other different relationships and to date and eventually got in myself into a pickle with what I now know was a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was actually kidnapped by this man from San Francisco to San Diego. He took away my car keys, put all my stuff in storage, wouldn't give me access to the lock number on, on the storage unit took away my phone access and payment. So he literally let, he took away all my money. He had all of our, of our, of our accounts, joint accounts and stopped paying for the phone that I was using so that I would lose that phone number. And so he would, he never physically abused me, but always made it very, he had already been to jail actually because he had slapped a previous girlfriend. So you're probably all thinking like, well, what's wrong with you, Emmy? <laughs> like, why did yeah. you do this? I was already college educated, very strong, independent woman. Here's the issue is that these men don't show up with abusive tendencies from the very beginning. They show up very charismatic. I met him mm -hmm. at a personal development weekend. Wow. Yes. Okay. So they do something in the beginning called love bombing. So I felt so loved. There was so much attention. And at the time I was craving the attention from, from men and something, what I thought was healthy that I had no idea that, and I was ignoring all of the red flags. I'll give you some examples of the red flags was he would call me. And if I wouldn't pick up right away or wouldn't respond to his text right away, it'd be like, well, what were you doing? Why didn't you call me back? Or why would you like that kind of interrogation it wasn't a normal mm. question and here's the worst part that I felt bad I felt guilty I thought I was supposed to answer his calls three four in the morning or five p.m it didn't matter what I was doing I was supposed to drop everything and that is very unhealthy so I was able to get out of that situation and run run away from him and go I moved to my parents home and not only was I broken uh and I felt broken I was heartbroken and I was also broke. A lot of breaks in there. <laughs> uh, I ended up having to file for bankruptcy at the age of 25. Wow. So you know how people would talk about their midlife crisis? Yeah, I had a fucking quarter life crisis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But those moments as well, like I, I, you, I see some of my clients in moments like that now. And it's like, I almost get excited because I was like, here we go, baby. It's time mm -hmm. to rebuild. Let's rise in Phoenix moment. Like, this is the bottom. So you're only going up from here. And I'm sure that kind of made you reevaluate everything. And so what happened from that point? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Rising Phoenix, Phoenix, right? Rise from the ashes. It definitely made me reevaluate everything in my life. So I wasn't happy with my, my career. I wasn't happy with my love. I wasn't happy with, with anything I was doing. So this is when I really started getting into like, what the fuck is this manifestation stuff? I want, I need to figure this out. So I, as I was moving, living with my parents, I moved from San Francisco to Omaha, Nebraska, which is where they were living at the time. And I stayed there for a year. And here's what I started doing. This is back at it. I'm going to date myself here, but this is back when people still use CDs in their cars. <laughs> okay. So I found 
in an old bookstore a secondhand set of CDs called The Secrets. Oh, yeah. The classic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm so sad that I gave these away because they, they it was such a pivotal moment for me. At the time I, I found this, this little company that needed some marketing help. So I started working for them. It wasn't anything too exciting, but it was paying some of my bills. And I knew that something had to change. So I listened, Danielle, to this set of CDs six months straight, every, t- every day in the car. That's all I listened to. Didn't matter what I, I didn't start it or pause it. I did. I was just whatever. If I was in the car and I was driving, that's all I listened to. And I started shifting my energy into what actually needed to happen. And I started realizing that I was a victim. I made myself the victim of the world. I didn't allow myself to be in joy in any moments. I would blame everyone else. Didn't matter mm. what it was. I, I, I found a way to always be pissed off. Mm. Mm. And always be mm. mad at somebody. It's, it's everyone else's fault. Like I have a lot of, you know, I work with a lot of women at the beginning where it's like, yeah, sometimes, yeah, there's fucking shitty life circumstances. Right. But it's like when we're always pointing the finger at someone else, we don't, we give the power away. We don't realize that we are the ones that actually can make the changes and we are ones that actually can liberate ourselves, but that won't happen until we take our power back. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started really pointing the finger at me and not playing the blame game, but the self-reflection game. Mm-hmm. You're like, hmm, all these relationships that have not worked out, what is the common denominator? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was me. It was me. And until I had the courage and the bravery to step into that and really recognize, okay, what are some patterns that are running in me? Right. So a lot of these patterns are of no fault of our own. This is why we can't play the blame game. You know, it's what, what has been passed down through DNA, what has been passed down through our ancestors, maybe even potentially previous lives, or even just from our parents, well-meaning parents. Okay. So it's not like your parents wants to F you up. Um, And I was raised by a narcissistic mother. I didn't know that at the time. I literally just found this out like three years ago. And I was like, Oh my God, my mom's a narcissist. So, Mm. you know, but we all come from quote, quote, fucked up families. I've never met a perfect family. And if you came from one and you got your own issues after that, okay. Now you're living up to other expectations. So welcome, welcome to the life. And I was also molested by an uncle that lived with us when I was four years old. So a lot of the women that come to me think, Amy, I'm broken. I can't, I can't find healthy love because look at what I learned from my parents. My parents' relationship was super fucked up in, mm. in the Latino household, particularly it's not just in the Latino household, but it happens a lot in the Mexican households where the woman goes from this super flirtatious, like super loving girlfriend to as soon as she gets married and has children, she turns into the husband's boss mm. and into the mother. And Mm -hmm. somewhere the lover gets lost and never comes back. Mm -hmm. And this is where I learned the art of emasculation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was the emasculation queen. So I tell you all that because I realized I needed help and I wasn't going to be able to do it on my own. And I realized I had spent so much money on my education and going to conferences and spending all this money in on business things why wasn't I going to invest in my love life? And the one thing I yearned for so much. So I hired some love coaches. Mm -hmm. And for a year, I went into the deep healing work of reprogramming 
what I had learned and restructuring what it meant to be in a healthy relationship, what I actually wanted versus what I thought I wanted. And then after that, I went on my own journey. And four years ago, I met the love of my life in Omaha, Nebraska. I did not move here for him. This is very important to clarify. I was already here. I met Matt. We have been married now for two months. So we are oh, newlyweds. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. We are newlyweds. And we are like every, we just went on date night last night for movie night. And it was just like the whole time we were like holding each other and be like, I love you. I love you. Like, I'm pretty sure we were super fucking annoying to everybody who's around us, but we don't care because that's just who we are and how much we love each other. And this is every day we cherish each other. There's a difference. I've never been in a relationship like that. Nobody in my family has that. So for those mm -hmm. of you thinking, oh, well, nobody around me has that. Therefore, I can't have it. Bullshit. I created it. And so can you. Mm -hmm. So I created my own modality from that. So I never went out thinking I'm going to be a love coach. No, 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 no. <laughs> I created a very good name for myself in Silicon Valley in the business area. I became a business entrepreneur coach. So I helped startups launch their businesses and get millions of dollars in funding. And I would travel the world speaking on stages in different universities. I traveled to Tunisia, Uruguay, Mexico, like all these big business people would hire me. Microsoft was my client at one point. Lyft was my client, AT&T, SanDisk. Like I was on these big stages going places. What I didn't realize was that put me in a very strong masculine energy 24 seven. Mm. And by default, that would attract men, but it would only attract the men. And hear me now, only two types of men will be attracted to you or you will attract when you're in masculine mode. You will attract narcissists because they will feel the need to pummel you down and to compete with you and feminine men mm. because of polarity. Mm -hmm. A battery needs plus and minus. So polarity by default, it's just science. Mm -hmm. If you're in masculine energy, you can only attract someone who feels more masculine or someone who feels in the feminine mode. So it wasn't until I decided to surrender into my feminine mm -hmm. and truly allow what it meant to be taken care of, to be okay with a gentleman opening the door for me, me saying, thank you. And not being like, I got it. I, know. I don't need your I help. Like, I'm an independent woman. I can do it all. But then it's yeah, like, it doesn't work in relationship. And that has nothing to do with, um, you know, being like, it has nothing to do with, I know you and myself are both in heterosexual relationships, but it's the same in homosexual relationships, right? It's the, it's an energy, right. right. And we need to balance each other in that frequency. And I really relate to that because I was an athlete. I went to the Olympics in 2016 and I was yeah. so athletes are so in their masculine. Right. And yeah. since retiring, it's been this like conscious unwiring because my mind and my body just wants to go back into that but that's not always in relationships it's been like a practice as well um so you don't because if i if women are in that masculine energy it creates that like mother mothering like domineering um kind of archetype uh, to the man and uh, like i had that was a big rewiring when i met my partner my fiance that i'm with now because it's like like, I'm like acting like his mother <laughs> and why am I doing that? And like, how I need to step back down and allow him to rise so we can have this like balance. But that is a big practice. And I know I have a lot of women in my field that can, and I think this is just in general, most women from our society because of the patriarchy have been conditioned to be in the masculine. Yeah. How do you start deconditioning that? Like, how did you start leaning into your feminine? 
So I started not because I wanted to. <laughs> it started of the recognition of heartbreak after heartbreak. So I had I was so broken that I had no choice but to try something different. Like it really was like, okay, if I really am in this masculine mode I, and I'm only going to bring in the super like eh, guys that I, you know, with no backbone that I don't want to have sex with mm. or the super nice guys. But I was like, oh, right. Like, I can't imagine like he doesn't he's not going to take me. I want to be taken. I want to be <laughs> ravished. Right. Like sex and bed. Oh, my mm. God. Right. So, you know, though, if you're wondering like why that's not happening, we're like, oh, why am I not attracted to that super sweet guy? That's because he needs to step into his masculine. Right. So again, I say this, it was after when you go into 100% utter brokenness, there's no other way plus up. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I had no choice, but to say, okay, fucking a, I was so broken that in my vulnerable, authentic self, I had no choice, but to say, okay, this is what I'm doing now. So I started developing my feminine side and also rewiring that. So so doing soulmate meditations. Mm-hmm. What did that mean? Like finding uh, binaural beats uh, of certain Hertz frequencies of love frequency on YouTube was one of my beautiful things to do. And now I've developed soulmate love frequency uh, frequencies for my clients, specifically about stepping into what is the love that you're already experiencing on a regular basis? It doesn't have to be from a partner feeling that abundant love for yourself feeling that abundant love from the planet and giving it out to the planet and to others around you and recognizing more of nature. Okay. Hear me now. I started seeing when we go out on my walks and as I literally just relinquished control, that's key. Okay. Relinquishing control, trusting that the universe has got your back and that you don't have to do everything. The ladybug doesn't count on you, by the way, in order for it to fly away and stand in front of you. The more I started realizing that I could just kick back and relax and not do, 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 do all the time and take myself out to lunches, take myself out to the movies, have retreats with my ladies and cry cry in a, in a sacred space, burn the past in letters and in other ways, crying in sacred sisterhood is so healing. Mm-hmm. So healing. So healing and necessary. I tell my ladies, you, you need to cry at least once a month or once a quarter to get it out there. It's cathartic. The Romans called it catharsis, mm-hmm. cleansing of the soul. Mm-hmm. But our society has taught us both men and women, that if you cry, you're weak. Mm-hmm. And particularly, it, and it, it does more harm to women than it does to men. And I'll tell you why, because our hormonal cycle, men have hormonal cycles too, by the way, a lot of people don't understand this. It's daily though. Testosterone, very high in the morning, very low in the, in the evening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Women, our hormonal cycles, y'all know, right? PMS is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it changes on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. So until you start owning and recognizing and honoring your body and your menstrual cycle as this sacred, beautiful thing that your body is doing because it loves you and your connection to the moon, to the sun, to the planet, to the animals. Step number one is to stop hating your body for having cramps and for bleeding. 
then honoring and loving and being in sacred, taking care of yourself and pampering yourself and saying, thank you so much body for working. You're doing Mm -hmm. such a good job. Thank you for doing all this for me, not to me. Mm. And loving being a woman. What does it mean to be a woman? All of those steps. I love that you said that because in one of my programs that I run, which is um, helping women with self-worth, one of the things that we go into is uh, the beauty of our body and our menstrual cycle and our womb. And, you know, whether you decide to have children or not, and even if your womb has been taken out, like you still move through these cycles and really allowing ourselves to honor it because like in society, even around our periods, we've been told, you know, like even with women, it's like, do you have a tampon? Like we got to like whisper and like hide it, you know, like you don't want people to see your tampons or your cups or your pads or whatever it is right and it's like it's and so many women as well like struggle with cramps and I know I even know like there's so many women now with PCOS and um, endometriosis um and like what's your take on this is like a bit of a tangent but I'm super interested on like healing the womb and the our our menstrual cycle as a woman and the connection to that like with our self-love oh my god yeah so there's so much there's so much there um, it, one of the, the parts that I didn't go into my story was that at, at 16, I was diagnosed with being allergic to my own intestines. And at 20, I was given a death diagnosis. I was told that I was not, I would not survive my 30th birthday. Wow. And so the reason I bring that up is because the women who are struggling with burnout, which is adrenal fatigue. Okay. Mm-hmm. And PCOS, endometriosis, all of these things particularly have to do with all of our reproductive system is all masculine energy. It's all stress. It's, it's this, we must do, do, do instead of be. And most of the diseases that have come across in the last two decades, particularly for women is because we're trying to be men. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this comes from not necessarily a lack of self-worth because we do like love ourselves from that perspective, but it's not recognizing that our worth doesn't come from accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Our worth comes from existing and Mm -hmm. being and breathing on the planet and the goddesses that we radiate from the inside out. That is the biggest difference. We have been taught that we are our resumes. Mm -hmm. We are our gold medals Mm -hmm. (laughs) from the Olympics, right? (laughs) It's go do. And that is a very masculine way of doing things. And so here's the thing is that I teach my ladies, it's not one or the other, which is why my company is called duality of Athena, right? The goddess Athena was the goddess of war and wisdom. Okay. Her brother was Aries. He was just the dick. Okay. He just destroyed everything. (laughs) But Athena was very wise. She's depicted with an owl, which is why we use the owl with like, Oh, things are smart. Mm -hmm. Okay. It comes from Athena. She had the, she had her shield and her sword and she only did war with societies that were causing issues and never harmed innocent citizens. Why is it important to bring her up? Because Athena in all the legends, she was a badass. Yes. Awesome. But she also died a virgin. Mm, I didn't know that. A lot of people don't. Most people don't, which is why I bring it up. She never took on a lover because she lived in masculine mode, but she was also still considered female. On the other side, we have the duality of Athena which is not the verses, but it's simply another side is the goddess Aphrodite. Mm. Aphrodite is the goddess of, of love, sensuality, and sexuality. And 
this archetype in the last few decades, we have been taught that this is the slut archetype. Yeah. She is not the slut archetype. She Mm -hmm. is the goddess of allowing and receiving. And men did and still do things for her out of pure appreciation, not because she manipulates them. Mm. So we have lost the goddess Aphrodite archetype because we don't want to be associated with being sluts, but that's Mm -hmm. not who she was at all. So it's stepping into being in Athena when you need to, and you're getting shit done. When I'm coaching, Mm -hmm. I'm in Athena, by the way, I can't coach for my Aphrodite, Mm -hmm. but when I'm in bed with my man, hells to the, yeah, I'm Aphrodite. I don't want to take him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. I want to be taken. I want to surrender to his masculine energy. And not just that, I also surrender when he comes home and I run to him every day, jump in his arms and just give him tons and tons and tons of kisses and just welcome him home. Don't ask any questions, just welcome my husband home. Mm, That's beautiful. And I love that you speak about those that like the duality of the energy because it's not about being always in the feminine like we need both in our lives right I lived in um I use this example I lived in Ubud in Bali for a while and Ubud is like it's it's basically like yoga heaven but everyone there is in ultra feminine mode and like it's great, but like nothing gets done. Like everyone's like, I'll meet you, you know, whenever. And like, it's just, it's, it's, it's so opposite to what the world usually is. And I, after being there for a while, cause I moved there, I was like, I'm going to be in my feminine. And I was like, Whoa, we need balance. Like if you are all in your feminine, you're like, nothing is ever going to get done. And you're just going to be in the flow and the creativity. And you can see some people like that. And then you come back to this balance. It's like the masculine creates a space for the feminine to thrive. And, you know, like even in my days and in my life, I was like, you know, and I share with my clients, it's not about being perfect, but just having the understanding. It's like an awareness is like, I have, sometimes I'm like, I'll have masculine days. And then I realize it's like, okay, I want to slow down a little bit. I'm going to take the next couple of days, like slow. I'm going to do like baths and do, you know, meditate and journal and do all the things that make my soul feel good. But then I have days when I'm like, oh yeah, like I love being in the masculine. I'm just having that balance. And society has not taught us that society has taught us go, 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 like work, 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 thrive, thrive thrive and that's just not and we're seeing that we're seeing burnout we're seeing all these women that are really struggling with their mental and physical well-being and so much of it can just start to be healed when we have the understanding of those energies and I love that you brought that in and I have a lot of women that you know are wanting to bring forward and manifest this soulmate um, which is amazing it is amazing but like at least from my perspective, and I feel like you might be the same. It's like, even just manifesting soulmate, it doesn't mean it's like perfect all the time. It's like, it's, it's work. Right. And it, it's having the awareness that your relationship is also, it, it put energy into it to make it thrive. Um, but for the people that are single and they're wanting to manifest their soulmate and have a lot of people that come to me, they're desperate. Like, I just want, just want them tomorrow. Like, I just want them to come and I feel, and I understand, but like, what, how do you, um, help those souls that are kind of in that desperation and they deeply, deeply want that person in their life? Oh, I know. I, I, I'm getting emotional, just tapping into the energy because I can feel that sense of desperation and that yearning. Right. And I, the reason it makes me emotional is because that was me. I wanted that level of love so deeply, but when we are in desperation mode, by default, we are repelling soulmate love. Mm-hmm. 
I know. Sorry. I hate the, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I say as well. And it's good to have it reiterated. <laughs> yes. We, anytime we're in needy energy, we will repel. Think of it as getting a call from a telemarketer. Uh, you hang up as fast as possible. That's what it's like when we're out in the world. We are the nasty telemarketers <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to like hit on a guy or talk to a guy and be like, oh, I don't know why he doesn't call me back because you're too freaking available. You're too needy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's more energetic. So this is not, has nothing to do with playing hard to get. I do not play games. This is not about playing hard to get. This is about you stepping into the greatest version of who you are. Does that mean that your career is perfect? No. Your finances are perfect? No. That your business is perfect? No. It's not about that. You don't already have to live in the $5 million mansion in order to bring him in. I used to think I had to do that, by the way, which is stupid. Um, what does it mean for you to live in joy? It doesn't have to be 100% of the time, but around 60 to 70% of the time where you catch yourself just being happy for the sake of being happy. Mm-hmm. and enjoying the moments and radiating that from the inside out. Okay. So if you are in this desperate energy mode, I get it. The best thing to do is to not go online and seek uh, dates in that mode. It's to actually write your lover a letter. I have journals upon journals upon journals filled with letters that I wrote to Matt before I ever met him. So beautiful. Yeah. In fact, I had the honor and blessing of giving him a letter that I wrote on Valentine's Day 2016 that I put in an envelope and I set, I sealed and I wrote outside only for my soulmate. I got to give that to him on our very first Valentine's Day together. And I had no idea what was in it. And guess what? We had already manifested two things on there. One of them said, we're going to hike Machu Picchu together. And we did. We did the Inca Trail. And a whole bunch of other things that were on there. And I was blown away. We cried together because it was real. I was calling him in with my energy. And when you're in that sense of yearning and longing, go do the things that were actually going to set you in empowerment. So make a vision board just for love. What are Mm -hmm. the things that you want? Pick out your engagement ring. Go dress shopping, (laughs) pick out dresses online, put pictures on there. If you want a family, I have, I have my vision board from the, the January that I met Matt. I met him in September. There's a vision board on there of me pregnant. There's this cute little pregnant lady doing some stuff with her painting in the room. And guess what? We are manifesting that now we are now in nesting mode. We're going to start our pregnancy, um, baby manifestation here in the next five to six months and it's like we're that's fucking happening now it is not an so accident crazy, eh? yeah <laughs> it's crazy so that's happening. Yeah. one of my favorite things to tell clients and anyone who's on this journey is call in the future what does that mean calling in the future as if it's now go right here right now if you're feeling in this like i just want him now i mean and get don't get me wrong i used to get pissed off because he wasn't here yet so uh, girl i get it I get it. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. Go to the store or go to Amazon. I like target for this stuff, but you can go wherever the freak you want. Yeah. Yes. Go buy an anniversary card. Oh, I like that idea. Anniversary card for love, which everyone calls to you, whether it's the message, whether it's the title, it can be funny. It can be spiritual. It can be whatever it is right for you. Put a date on there. That's not too far out and write on there. 
all the things that you're so grateful that you already did with your soulmate. How amazing it is that you've experienced all these amazing things. You are calling that future into the now. It's an NLP practice and it's also a spiritual and a frequency thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's the best part. The reason the clients work with me and keep coming back is because I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you my secret right now. I'm not, I'm not really a love coach. Sorry. I trick you into loving yourself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm not a soulmate. Love coach. I had a feeling I had a feeling <laughs> I trick you into loving yourself. Sorry. Not sorry. Why do I do that? Because your entire life gets flipped upside down in the best freaking way possible. Working on soulmate love. Funny enough. The first thing that's going to happen until right now is you're not going to bring in soulmate first. You're going to bring in a shit ton more money. <laughs> you're going to bring in a lot of amazing friends. And you're also going to do something called sacred boundaries. You're going to cut a lot of toxic people out of your life. Mm. Mm. You're going to bring in more opportunities for business, for whatever it is. You're going to get opportunities to travel. You're gonna, things are going to come out of the quote, unquote, blue You'd be like, Emmy, what a coincidence. And I'm going to say, really? Is it a coincidence? No coincidence. You're like, oh my God, we worked on this. So your soulmate, I mean, so right now, is just a cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Like Matt is a cherry on top of my amazing Sunday because I cannot rely on him to make me happy. Hear me now, ladies. Your soulmate, no partner can make you happy. Mm-hmm. And I can't make him happy. We had to come together already happy in our own lives. The only thing I can do and he can do is magnify our happiness. Mm. Mm. So true. And I like that's, it's funny. I, I actually, I, I love having you on here because I feel really lucky that I, my soulmate, my partner, Luca, my fiance, um, and he does, he does similar work to myself. We work at home and we're always together and it's beautiful. We have great relationships, but like, I, we both met each other after we left a long-term relationships and both of us decided as like, I'm just going to love myself. And I like, and my decision was like, I'm going to love myself so much And four months later, he walked into my life, like literally like not even online. He was a roommate of my friend. And all of a sudden we're on the same frequency and we see each other. Right. Um, And lots of, you know, work had to come into flourishing that relationship as well. But I found that for me, that was actually really easy. Like I didn't even try, but it just came from this decision to deeply, deeply love myself. And I love, and that's what I share with other souls as well. But I know like, I, I haven't been in that place, you know, where I've like been longing to have that person. And I have moments where like, I sit with him and I like cry because I'm so grateful mm-hmm. that like he we're together and, and that he's in my life and that came in a sense of ease. But I think in the manifestation point, that was one of those things. And I think each of us have these things in our life where we just have a knowing of what will come. Like I kind of always knew that I would be in a loving relationship. I didn't know how my previous relationship wasn't, I had a lot of lessons, but 
that was one of those things that kind of floated in. And I think for some people, it might be career. It's like easy or, you know, it's basically not, not the soul lessons that we need, but there's a lot of people out there that need these soul lessons to find their self-love. And for me, my soul lesson in self-love has been more around my body image, which I've had to work on a lot. Um, so it's really powerful to hear you speak like this, similar things that I share, but just from a different perspective, because I know that there's so many people out there that are like in that place where I just want them. I just want them now. I want them yesterday. And then they go like, then they, then they get in this frustration. It's like, why aren't they here yet? You know, like, just like you said, he's so angry. Mm -hmm. um, so angry that they're not in our life. And I'd love for you to speak on like on the other side for the, those that maybe our relationships are beginning. Like, what is the, the work I use in quotation marks that comes when you start to step into that relationship? And the beautiful thing about relationships is it's a divine mirror, right? It's like, you got to look at what maybe you haven't wanted to look at. So how, if you're getting into a relationship or you're wanting to make yours flourish, how, how do you share to do that with someone and their partner? Yes. So, and this applies to both heterosexual and homosexual relationships and anything in between, but particularly, I, I just happen to be an expert in hetero, heterosexual. So I'll, I'll speak on that. Yeah. One of the things that really goes wrong is that, and this is why I'm a love and relationship coach and not just a love coach, because I don't, I don't just teach women how to find a partner. I teach them how to have an epic fucking relationship with their partner. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, and that there's a difference between, there's a difference between those two. And the reason is that, so there's the manifestation part of like you stepping into that frequency but then there's the part of you recognizing that once you do come in partnership with your person, you're going to be activated. Activated is my word for triggered. Okay. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> we use activated because if you're activated and things come up, things are coming up for resolution. So this is not for you to run away. Most people are like, oh no, I'm getting triggered, run away. Okay. That fucking cancel culture that we've created is so detrimental because if something's coming up and you're panicking and you're having a fucking panic attack, we're not running away from it, baby. We're digging in deep so mm -hmm. that we can rewire that in your body. This is why I'm a, I'm a master NLP practitioner because I rewire what's happening in your body. So you don't have panic attacks as someone who witnessed murder. When I was 18, I had PTSD for a decade until I experienced this rewiring and I do that for other people now. Okay. So I, I, I dig in deep. So one of the things that a lot of people like to like to ignore is that the male and female brain and bodies are completely fucking different. Yeah. <laughs> we are yeah. not the same species. Okay. <laughs> and we get so frustrated because you're, you want your guy to just get it, just be psychic. Um, and let's face it, ladies, you know, half the time we don't know what the fuck we want. So, so, <laughs> so like, why do we torture our men trying to figure out what it is that we want? So one of the things that I'm going to have you go look at, and I train in this now, I go deep into this with my VIPs, but one of the people that completely changed my life was Alison Armstrong. Alison Armstrong has a whole series of books on Audible and one in print. And the book is called The Amazing Development of Men. And then she has a recording online, uh, also on Audible, called Understand Understanding Women Celebrating Men or something like that. Whatever you can get your hands on from Alison Armstrong, she goes into the nitty gritty 
of how the male brain is versus the female brain is. And why do I bring this up is because we can't live in la la land of just frequency. Okay. When we're in our own mode, of course I can go into joy and I can meditate and all this stuff. But what happens when you have now another human in the picture, you can't meditate for them. Okay. So understanding that my partner is another human being completely independent from me. He is not obligated to do anything for me, but how do I become the queen in his kingdom, right? He is my king, but a lot of women are out there looking for, I want a king. I want a king. Yeah. But you're a fucking little brat running around Mm. throwing tantrums. You got to step into you being a queen, baby. Mm. Queens don't throw tantrums. Queens verbalize queens verbalize their needs and expectations in a way where it's an invitation for your king to show up because he wants to, but not to complain and nag and criticize him. Mm. Okay. We have been taught, and this comes from our masculine mode, for those of us who are managers and CEOs and just badass women, we are really good at telling people and kids what to do. Our partners are not our fucking kids. Mm. Okay, hear me now. We should not and cannot mother your man because what ends up happening is he will seek out sexual energy elsewhere because he doesn't want to have sex with his mother. (laughs) No one does. Okay, right? But that's what happens is women are like, oh my God, it's more of an energy thing and how we're taught to emasculate our partner. I'll give you a perfect example. It's something so simple, so silly, but a lot of you are going to be like, what? And there's two actually is that when my, when I, I love to cook and I make a mess and my land, my man loves to clean the kitchen. Actually, neither one of us does it anymore because we hire a cleaner. So I haven't done laundry in over a year and haven't cleaned anything. That's awesome. <laughs> our cleaners do that for us. Okay. That's, that's, that's a massive upgrade in, in, in the business. Um, so, but when I was making a mess and he was cleaning, I didn't look at anything that he cleaned. All I did was go over there and kiss him and thank him for doing it. Meaning I wasn't inspecting the dishwasher <laughs> to see how he loaded it <laughs> or mm-hmm. how he took this too many of us want to be general managers of the universe including of our partner. He's not your baby and he's not your employee. Hear me now. Very important. We do not tell your partner what to do. Let's face it. We don't like being told what to do, Mm -hmm. but here we are trying to tell somebody else what to do. No, there are certain ways of inviting, you know, and this gets into all these advanced techniques and stuff that we're not going to get into right now, but that's one of them, right? Dishwasher is one of my favorites. And the, the other one is and we're going into, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, we're going into fall and winter, okay? Yeah. And I have to bite my tongue every time, Danielle, every single freaking time. I'm the oldest of seven kids, okay? So I grew up being a boss mom, okay? Yeah. Um, I've been a mommy for a long time. The issue is, however, that when we go out, I always grab a jacket. Matt walks out, no jacket. And in my head, we've been together for four years, and this, I don't think this is ever going to go away. In my head, I have to stay in my head. Oh, it's going to be cold outside. It's going to need a jacket. So I have to stop myself from grabbing a jacket for him or being like, oh, honey, it's cold. Grab a jacket because he's not my fucking kid. He's a grown ass man. And guess what? He can take care of himself. 
if he's cold, cool. If he's not, which is 99.9% of the time, he's totally fine because he runs like a freaking furnace and I don't. We have, I still have to bite my tongue. So this is where a lot of people tell me like, oh, Emmy, where you're just not being authentic to yourself. No, I'm just choosing not to be a bitch. There's a difference. (laughs) There's a difference. Like, why do you always have to speak your mind when it's completely irrelevant? That's your mommy mode kicking in. If when I have my children and my children in jacket, I will definitely talk to them about that. But my man is a grown ass human being. He can take care of himself. So these are the things that little by little start destroying the relationship because believe it or not, that is emasculation. Mm. And a lot of women either don't see it like that or this, if you're hearing this now, you're going like, oh my God, Amy, I do that. That's okay. Guess what? You don't even have to apologize for it. Just stop doing it. Mm. It'll change the dynamic of how you show up as a lover and not a mother. Mm. This is what it means to be in an epic relationship, not just bringing it in. Because I can tell you right now, without Alison Armstrong's teachings, I would have destroyed my relationship with Matt two weeks in. (laughs) Hands down. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's so, it's so powerful. And like, even just those little things that you said, like, I think it's such like important little things that we're just ingrained that we don't even realize that we're doing. And, you know, and I like have a laugh sometimes with the ladies that I coach because my partner is a coach as well. And so he's very self-aware and he's very spiritual and we're on the same level of many things, but his brain just is different. Like, and I just have to accept that. And it's like such a good reminder. It's not always about being right. That's like not what the relationship is because that's not going to destroy your relationship. Right. It's about, and, and also, allowing each of you to be your own person you know I think it's not as much in our culture anymore but it used to be like oh they complete me but it's like not finding someone that completes you but someone finding someone that like adds to you to that amplifies you but it's like I complete myself and this person allows my life to be even better but I'm okay I'm okay by myself I'm okay on my own and it's such a powerful thing I have so many questions and I'm trying to figure out like which one to, to do, um, in the sense of, I'm going to go back. Cause I, th- I know, I know women that I can think of that are, that have asked me this, Let's say you're the, someone who has put, you know, written the anniversary card and you're putting it out into the universe. How do you know when the, the person is a test versus it's an activation of your relationship? Because sometimes we get the people that come in, right. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, how do you know the difference um, in your perspective, the difference between the, the, the man or the person that's the test or the person that's a soulmate and you just need to level up. Oh yeah. This is where it gets tricky. Cause it's like a, that's where you kind of need handholding from yeah. Danielle or myself. Um, yeah. it, it, it really is. I, I wish it wasn't the case, but it, it kind of just is right. Uh, yeah. which is why my clients stick with me for a year or two, because we have to go through the process. Um, so I will, I'll bring up another term that you didn't bring up and this, this might help clarify something. So there, there's something called a prep. It doesn't happen for everyone, but it happened for me. And for most of my clients, this happens as well. A prep is someone who comes in that shows you how to up level what it feels like to truly be yourself and feel loved for it and feel love worthy and deserving. But for whatever reason, it's either the wrong timing 
or some other element that has nothing to do with that person being a bad person, but it's just, he's just not your person. I'll give you an example. I had a gentleman that I dated after I did the work we dated for about a year and it was magnificent. I mean, it was fucking epic, but he wasn't ready to settle. He was 20, 26 at the time. And I was two, three years older and I was ready to think about marriage and kids and all that. And he was, he was not. And I'm so grateful that he was honest about that because a lot of people aren't. And then they feel like they have to feel obligated to get married and then they resent the partner later on. So it broke my heart for six months, but I know that that set me up for knowing and being ready for the level of relationship I have now with Matt. I wouldn't have been ready. It was such a huge gap. It would have been Mm -hmm. such a clash to my senses of like, wait, you love like, mm, I wouldn't have let him love me the way he does because I would have thought he was faking it. I would have thought it was pretend. I thought he was bullshitting me. Mm. <laughs> right. So there there's that right. Sort of in the prep and on the, on the testing side, uh, this is where it gets tricky because it's sometimes in the beginning, it's hard to distinguish love bombing versus true soulmate love. Like you're just so connected. Right. And really it's just giving it a little bit of time and Mm -hmm. the timing is recognizing if the issues that you're you're bringing up or the things that you feel weird about do you feel comfortable bringing them up to your partner and he doesn't blame you for them and then he goes like okay honey like well what do we do how do we fix this that is a healthy way to bring things up and for him to want to make things better with you and for you But if by default, anytime you feel like you need to bring something up either for clarification or maybe you misunderstood or you just want to know something and he hides that from you or he makes you feel bad for bringing it up, that's a red flag. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is someone, someone who never takes responsibility for what they did in in the relationship. Um, Because basically I spend most of my time apologizing for stupid shit. And what do I mean by apologizing for stupid shit? <laughs> the things that were Matt's like, honey, why are you apologizing? I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I just preempt it with whatever I say. It's not because I did anything wrong. It's just sort of that feeling of sort of prepping the, the forgiveness for even like moving a Kleenex box. I'm like, oh, honey, sorry, I moved this. And he's like, it's okay. Like, well, where do you want it? I'm like, I want it over here. It's like, well, just tell me I can put it over. Like, oh, okay. Right. Like it's stupid little things because we don't have big issues. I'll tell you some of the activations that came up for me. And these are things that I had worked on before, Matt, but I hadn't really gotten all the way through. And for me, it was, remember I told you, I thought I had to have that $5 million mansion before I met him. Yeah. Strong, independent woman would have already had her shit together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, (laughs) I hadn't purchased a home. And what's funny is that now we're in the middle of looking to move to Hawaii. So we still haven't purchased a home. (laughs) Are we going to purchase several properties around the world? But here, here's the thing is that three months into meeting Matt, I lost the job that I had at the time and it put me into a bit of a pickle financially. And because we were still very early on, I didn't want to ask him for money. It was very embarrassing. So it brought up a lot of shame for me so much so that I started to pick fights because I didn't want to address this. I just wanted to not have to deal with it. And I wanted to run away, but I, because of the training and the work that I've been doing, I caught on to that. This was my shit. It wasn't Mm -hmm. his, he was doing his best to be there for me and love on me, 
So until I got over my own shame and fear around what's he going to think of me, nothing shifted. But as soon as I brought up the situation with him for him, like everything just felt so, I cried a lot, (laughs) but I realized that he didn't think anything less of me. Mm. And that, that's what solidified the holy shit. This is special. And it was my Mm. own shit. It was my own fucking shit that I needed to get over. But this is why I bring it up because there's a lot of work that we're going to do pre-soulmate. And then there's stuff that we're going to do with our soulmate. So that's the work that requires. Most of the work is really self-reflection of what was my doing in this and how, how can I acknowledge it as fast as possible and love on my person as fast as possible so we can get past it. That's the hard work. And I'm putting it in quotation marks because that's what I, the work is really catching ourselves in our own fucking shit as fast as possible. A hundred percent. And, and just realizing that usually in the traditional, I mean, kind of what we're projected by society and by television is like, you blame the other person and they have to fix their thing in the relationship. But it's like in this next level of conscious relationships, it's like realizing that to shift the dynamic, there's something in me that I need to look on and look at and see. And that usually 99% of the time will help the relationship flourish at a deeper level. And that's, you know, what, what I find in, in my relationship and because it is it is like I said it's they're they're that mirror and you know 99% of the time something that's triggering you about them is just something that you need to sit with in yourself or reclaim in yourself or sit in the energy of that queen and for some women like claiming that queen can be hard because of the feminist you know in us or maybe feelings of unworthiness like, how do you help women or what do you suggest for women to reclaim that queen energy? You know, especially when sometimes we can have the old school dynamic that, you know, well, I don't want to be submissive to a man um, or, you know, like we got to be, you know, you were, I have been the strong independent woman, but in a relationship, the dynamics just shift if, if you're in that. So how do you claim that queen within yourself? Yeah. So claiming the queen, holy moly. Um, Claiming the queen can go into so many different directions, but it's recognizing that submission is not the same thing as surrender. So I don't really talk about submissiveness and then there's a whole like sexual category about like men and women and, and submission. We're not going to go into that because I'm actually not an expert in it, but what I am an expert in is in surrender and surrendering to what is is more powerful than surrendering to what should be. (laughs) And what I mean by that is we were talking about menstrual cycles before, right? The equivalent of not surrendering is to be pissed off at your body every single freaking time and trying to figure out how to stop bleeding. And you're like, I hear women all the time and I'm like, yikes. So they're like, I just want to stop my period for like four or five years, right? Like not have it at all. And I'm like, Oh, honey, baby, come over here. Right. So let's, let's have a talk. It's not surrendering to the magic of what it is that our body's actually doing and and prepping and, and doing all these magical things. And even, you know, I haven't had children yet, but for the women who have surrendered to the beauty of being mothers, they're surrendering to the pregnancy, right? It's not like they can say, you know what? I don't want to carry the baby in the womb. I want to carry it in my left boob. 
you know, I want to carry the baby in my right knee. Let's do that instead. Like we have no fucking choice in that matter. Right. So that's what it means to surrender. And, you know, you, you have two options for having the baby out. It's either vaginal or C-section. It's either one or the other baby. Right. (laughs) And, and from what I have heard, even women who have these elaborate birth plans, things don't go according to plan. That's Mm -hmm. what it means to surrender to the universe's way. And that's what it really means to step into your queendom. And I know that this is sort of like a a roundabout answer, but that's really what it means. A true queen doesn't fight against the universe. A true queen flows with the universe and takes action. Yes, she takes action, but she only takes aligned and inspired action. Mm -hmm. She doesn't take action out of fear. She doesn't take action by bad-mouthing other people on social media. She doesn't take action by blaming. She doesn't take action because she's afraid of the competition. She takes action because it feels good. She gets information from a meditation and she channels and she's like, oh, that feels really good. She takes action by sending that message to that friend that came into your meditation. You're like, I wonder how Susie's doing and just sending her some love. That's what it means to be a queen is to work with the universe, not against it. Mm. Mm. when you say as well like allowing yourself to receive Mm -hmm. I know that can be a big thing for women that are in the masculine like allowing the your partner to you know pleasure you allowing them to do the dishes cook you dinner like and sometimes that it comes from asking asking to receive as well like and allowing yourself to do that because we have this kind of belief system as women from patriarchy that we have to do everything and get everything done. But it's like, um, I saw, I'm not sure. Have you watched this? It's like sex, love and goop on um, Netflix. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a great one where I think it's Ramas and Felicitas and I think maybe episode two or something like that. And it's all about the kind of energy dynamic. And she was really in the mothering and, Mm -hmm. and he has become the little boy energy. And Mm -hmm. it's really fascinating to watch. And if anyone's in a relationship, I highly suggest watching this because what I forget the facilitator's name, but she gets the Felicitas to kind of move back into her queendom and let um, Rama, her husband, like rise. And you can feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't even think you have to be like a spiritual person to be like, holy crap, you see the dynamic change and him like allowing in the relationship dynamic to like lead and to hold her and to direct. It's like, that's the healthy masculine. And it like totally flips. You can just see it, the energy between the two of them. And you can feel it. It's just on screen. You can feel the chemistry change. And with women, like that's so much of what is important and powerful to do to allow yourself to have a flourishing and a thriving relationship, to allow yourself, allowing yourself to receive, allowing yourself to not fucking have to do it all. And if you want to do things as well, sometimes to like, please or pleasure your partner, of course, that's amazing, but you don't have to do it all the time. Like that really helps, you know, the, the dynamic of the relationship and it helps it thrive. Um, so yeah, that's you're like this has just been the most like fascinating and like powerful conversation. I know so many listeners are really gonna love this and just gobble this up. Is there any last words that you have to share with the souls out there that either 
are wanting to manifest their soulmate, manifest their love, or um, maybe they're even like, you know, almost on the point of giving up, or they're wanting to really allow their relationship to, to flourish. Like any last words you have with everyone, for everyone. Yes. So two, two quick final things. First, yes. do not give up. And I'm going to tell you this with all sincerity in my heart. If you yearn for it is meant for you, it's meant for you in this lifetime or else you wouldn't yearn for it because not everybody does. Mm-hmm. Okay. So know that that's true and that's coming and just stick with stepping into your feminine. And number two, I'm going to leave you with an action step of something that you can go do ASAP. Okay. So I already told you about the, the anniversary card. That's more of an energetic thing, but this is going to be something where you can actually practice. Go take a dancing class. I recommend salsa or swing. Okay. Not hip hop, not pole dancing, not anything you're doing on your own because you're so good at doing shit on your own. (laughs) I want you doing something where you are going to be led by the masculine. You're going to be led by a male and you need to surrender. Here's why. If you don't fucking surrender, you're going to snap your shoulder. Okay. This is the art. I was, I am actually fantastic salsa dancer. Now I was horrible when I first started because I wanted to lead. I wanted to be the one doing the turns. I wanted the guy to follow me. And this is a good practice of truly surrendering and being so present to those when you get good and you're going to experience this, when you see the women on stage, you're like, how does she know where she's supposed to go? That's me now. It is literally a nano centimeter shift in his energy, either in his hand or in his hip, where I know exactly where I'm supposed to go. But that only happens from being 100% present and in tune with your partner. By the way, you don't have to dance with this person for a very long time to be able to do that. I can meet a man now on any dance floor And if he knows what he's doing, we'll be doing flips within five minutes because he steps into his role and I know how to follow now. Mm. Okay. So learning how to follow is what allows us to step into the feminine. So that's one of my favorite things that I have my clients do. And they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> I love that you said that. Cause actually a couple months ago, me and my fiance, we took bachata classes and it was Ooh, like, very sexy. yeah. And it was so funny because the whole time and it's for the men as well. Sometimes they need to know, they need to know that they get to lead because the instructor the whole time, he was like, men, like you have to lead. Like all these women are like moving you around. And even I was doing it as well. And it's just like to surrender to that. And, you know, I'm just learning. So I'm getting better at it but it's like it feels actually so freaking good to receive and to not have to worry and 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 it's like it is in our so many of our states um it is natural it is natural for us to be held as women to be led and it is natural for uh, men to hold and to lead and to guide and to be that strong energy and when you kind of allow yourself to surrender to that in heterosexual relationship it just allows relationships to thrive so I love that you, I love when people use like tangible things, right? Cause sometimes it's like, you know, just think better thoughts. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> if that was so easy, there were coaches wouldn't exist. Yeah. So, no, so I salsa I, lessons yeah. and a letter. I love that. Yes. It's, and it's all about, that's why my clients have incredible success and I have super high referral rate. I actually do zero marketing. <laughs> uh, everything comes to referrals nowadays, which is pretty phenomenal. Oh, that's because it's 80% mindset and frequency and rewiring and installing mm-hmm. new software, I call it, and 20% strategies. 
Like you have to do real world strategies in this 3D realm or yeah. else it's not going to work. It's not going to work if you just sit on your couch and order him on Amazon. Sorry, honey. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that. Exactly. No. <laughs> you have to take the physical action. You can't just sit and meditate and they're going to walk into your home. You have to yeah. be out there in the world. So. No. And if he does walk into your home, call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody should be walking in there. <laughs> totally. It's been such a pleasure to have you here today, Emmy. And where can people find you if they want to know more, work with you, all of the things? Yes. My website is the easiest way to get a hold of me. It is dualityofathena.com. And I will link um, Emmy's Instagram as well if you want to go follow her along on there and let her know if you have enjoyed the podcast. And hopefully in six months, a year, a couple of years, you'll be coming back to Emmy or myself and be like, you know what? I took that and I did it. I brought it forward because it is like your desires desire you. That's why you have this feeling in yourself in this lifetime. So it's been such a pleasure to have you here. It went by so quickly. Thank you so much for your time, Emmy. And I hope hope everyone listening has the most beautiful day. Thank you so much, Daniel. It was a pleasure being here and I look forward to hearing all of these amazing manifestations from your ladies. Yay! Welcome to the other side, beautiful souls. I so deeply appreciate you spending this time with me. My intention with this podcast is to uplift, love on, and inspire you and align my actions with this intention. But as with everything in the world of personal and spiritual development, take what feels good for you and leave the rest. As a white, able-bodied cisgender woman, the perspectives I share here are inherently affected by my privileges. I'm actively invested in learning how to elevate and support lived experiences beyond my own, and I'm always open to and grateful for your feedback. I am listening. No matter who you are, where you're from, or where you're going, I see you, I love you, and you matter. So thank you for listening, beautiful souls, and I'll see you next time.